You're listening to the Empath Insights Podcast. And in today's episode, I am going to teach you how to turn around those negative thoughts. Stay tuned. I'm Rachel Hudson, and I help empaths just like you learn to thrive, learn to stop absorbing other people's stress, and embrace your natural gifts. I also teach you how to manage your sensitivities in this sometimes insensitive world we live in. Hey there, I am so happy to be back with you this week. In this episode, I'm giving a recap of my group coaching that went live in my Facebook group, the Empath Insights Facebook group. So in this group, I am currently offering weekly group coaching once a week, at least while I'm in my certification program at the Life Coach School. So I figured that teaching a little bit of what I'm learning will help not only me, but it's going to help more people just like you. And I'm going to be offering you some of the tools that I'm learning that will help you look at your situation just a little bit differently. I'm also offering a once a month group coaching workshop for empaths on Zoom. And that's what I'll also be teaching these tools. And um, you don't have to be on Facebook to do this. So that's good. And all you need to do is get on my email list so that you can be notified when the next workshop is. Empaths. There's no doubt that we all by now, unless you're new here, (laughs) that we all understand the problems that empaths seem to face. Okay, if you are new here, welcome. I'm so glad you're here. And you probably want to also listen to the other episodes where I talk about all the things empaths. And some of the problems that empaths face We kind of feel like we can't get out of them. Like we're labeled as too emotional. We pick up anxiety and depression from those around us or loved ones, maybe even loved ones that are not right in our physical space. Um, We sometimes feel like the wilted flower. uh, And that kind of tends to hit us like a tranquilizer dart. We really feel exhausted, depleted of energy, And we just can't can't really get out of this fog. Um, If you have ever been around someone and then you're exhausted or you feel heavy, it's kind of like you felt like you've picked up other people's rocks (laughs) or you have a social hangover. Um, That's that's really some of the common um, feelings that empaths feel. And that's, uh, you know, some of the complaints, I guess. Let's call them complaints. But just some of the, I feel like, side effects of what it feels to be Um, an empath sometimes. And so my job here is to help you become empowered. And I think one of the big problems is I like to say empaths, we sometimes have Swiss cheese for boundaries, which is, you know, our boundaries have holes in them. And so they're, they're not really strong, I guess is what I'm saying. So I have had some questions and I would love to address those. And I love it when people ask me questions because it just gives me, um, you know, more tools to offer to you. So one of the questions was, how do I stop attracting narcissists? Wow, that's a heavy one right out of the gate. Well, 
when I get a question like that, I usually have more questions. So if you are kind of in that space, like, yeah, how do you stop attracting these certain types of people? Now, listen, you know, my, my kind of my, my rule of thumb, I don't like to label people. That's not a diagnosis that I can make. I think a lot of times I've talked about this before, but a lot of times when someone makes us mad, or we're in a weird relationship with them. It's just kind of a knee jerk, kind of an easy thing to do to call people a narcissist. But you know, if they are, they are. And if you're feeling that way, you're feeling that way. But I have a question for you. Um, now, it's not like taking medicine. Like I can't just give you the magic pill that's going to get rid of the symptoms. What's really happening is you'll need to go deeper into this cause Now, I say this a lot, and it doesn't always resonate with people. We have to be responsible for our own energy. A lot of people ask, how do I stop being an empath? I'm like, no, 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 we can't do that. That's how we're made up. Now, there are tools that you can use to get into a better place. So I'm going to ask you, when you say, how do I stop attracting narcissists? I'm going to ask you, what are you making that mean? Like, what is the story that you're telling yourself? Are you making it mean that you have completely lost all power to this person? Are you making it mean that you're expecting them to change, but you're going to continue to show up? Listen, I've done that and it never works. So what we need to do is go deeper into this cause. Now, when you ask a question on how to stop attracting this type of person, What I would also ask you is what is the interaction that you're having with this person? Are you saying yes to people that you really should be saying no to? That's another good question. So I, my philosophy is once we start asking better questions, we can get better answers. Okay. Sometimes we don't like those answers, but that's okay too. We're getting just more self-awareness as we move along. Also, I'd ask you, like, are you seeing yourself as a victim? Because when we do that, we're really just letting go of any kind of power that we have over our own um, energy field. Are you also, are you putting other people first (laughs) and then being really surprised and shocked when you get taken advantage of? I'll also ask you this, and this is a hard, it's not a hard question. It's just like, ah, okay. Can you change other people? Yes or no? That's going to be a no for those of you out there who are like, "Hmm, I don't know. Can you? That's going to, no, you can change you, but you can't really change other people. People are going to change when they want to for their reasons. Okay. I'll also ask you who teaches people how to treat you. It's you. And when you're in this situation with this type, with this type of person, do you feel like you just don't? Like you just don't have any power or, or do you feel like you're at the mercy of other people's feelings? Well, okay. Yeah. Those are a lot of questions. <laughs> and if these questions are bringing up kind of a lot for you, you're going to want to keep listening. Listen, the first thing I'll tell you is that you're not the victim. Okay. You might've been victimized. You might've had this thing going on and on and on and on in your life. But there are ways that you can empower yourself so you that you don't feel like the victim. Okay, so the world is not against you. You 
actually have your place in this world. But I'm going to tell you that just like I've had to do for myself, you have to do the work. You decide ahead of time how other people are going to show up by the way you show up. Now, notice this energy shift. Okay, just kind of play around with it for a second. Um, well, I'm just a victim. How does that feel in your body? Now, this is how I coach. How does this feel in your body? Where is this settling in? It kind of feels heavy. It feels, ugh. it feels like we just, we don't have any control. Everything is against us. Now let's turn it around. I get to, t- to decide ahead of time, by the way, I show up. You're already in that energy shift when you're, when you're changing that statement that you're saying about yourself. Now I have a question from the group and this was from Cassie and she had a really good question. She's like channeling my gift. How do I channel the gift? So I had more questions for her. Like, what do you mean by that? And she was basically saying that, um, once we can see this as a gift, then it will be a blessing. But how do you do that now? And this is, is where some of the work comes in some examples of sensitivity. I'll just kind of, you know, I'm coming from my own perspective, being an emotional empath, we pick up on other people's emotions. All right. That's no surprise. We've talked about this for a while. So an emotional empath, here's some examples. When you see someone cry, you really feel like you're in it with them. Or you see someone being mistreated by a family, a friend, a coworker, boss, spouse, you really, you feel for them and you have this, uh, sad, you feel sad with them. And I will tell you, this is something that I've learned. It doesn't mean that we have to jump in the river of misery and go swimming with them. And that was like a big wake up call for me. We don't have to. Now, if you have that person in your life, my emotional empath, who always calls for advice that they are never going to take, and we have those people, there's a lot of people like that. We need to recognize, you need to recognize it and change the way you are showing up. Okay, because it's a two way street. Think of it as a 50 50 right now. Decide how you're going to show up when this person who never takes your advice, once again, calls, and they never take it. Okay. Now a physical empath, a really good example um, is seeing someone hurt. Now, what popped into my head when I was kind of doing a little research on this, I was like, Oh, remember that MMA fight when McGregor got his leg broken? My friends, let me tell you, every media outlet wanted to show you all the gory details. Not only that, but in slow motion, I'm like, Oh my gosh, it's like, I couldn't like flip the channel quick enough. I think it was YouTube or something like that. I knew I physically felt sick seeing. Oh my gosh, it was awful. Now I turned it off and I walked outside. I breathed for a couple of minutes and I'm like, okay, we're going to make sure we really, you know, we delete or whatever. We scroll past that really quickly because that seems to be the thing that's going on right now. And people, I don't know why people do that, but some people like looking at the gory details, details. Now, what would you do if you're a physical empath? 
Would you turn it off and leave the room? Or would you watch it over and over again and think, oh my gosh, that's awful. Let me see it one more time. (laughs) No, don't do it. (laughs) But at the end of the day, you get to decide. But I want you to just start to have some awareness on how you're showing up. Okay, because that is going to help you when you feel like you're attracting these certain people or these certain situations. Ask yourself, you know what, how am I showing up for this? And okay, so this is where the boundary work is. And we always look at boundaries as it's someone you need to set a boundary for someone else. And we'll show them, right? No, 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 no. Setting boundaries with ourselves. It's a lot of work, y'all. But it's such good work because it really starts to give us a heavy dose of awareness. Because at the end of the day, other people, they don't care about your boundaries. They don't, they're not doing it on purpose. But that is not the thing that they're caring about when they are like, I have to tell Rachel all the gory details because she'll cry with me. Okay. Listen, they're not doing it on purpose. Maybe they're looking for help or they're looking for somebody to go swimming in that river of misery with them. And before now you have always been that person. So how would you show up differently? Or, you know, maybe they have limited thinking about what they can actually do. So, and and they feel stuck. They're like, how do I feel unstuck? You're the person to help me. Everybody needs to really show up for themselves in the situation too. So I want you to decide ahead of time on how you are going to show up when this person is like, Hey, I just call my friend. They're going to, they're going to commiserate with me. Or when they text you or ask you for that advice that they're never going to take. And you know, maybe we've done that. And that's okay. But what I really want to drive home here is being aware of what is going on instead of just being, you know, sitting back and letting it happen to you. So I have some more questions for you. All right. So what are you making it mean when you pick up sensitivities? Get really clear on this. So when Cassie asked the question, like, you know, what, what do I do with these sensitivities? Are you making it mean that you're helpless to do nothing about it? Are you willing to do what it takes to really step into your power as an empath and do the work so that you can feel better and that other people can get the best version of you? Now, listen, the work looks different for all of us. Everybody's got a different type of situation. So this is, you know, the general advice here and it's really fun now, but it is work. The work looks different for all of us. Now, writing, why is this hard for people to do? I can't tell you. I think it's changed my life and people are like, nope, not going to do it. I'm like, okay. Now, I'm going to have another podcast on there, uh, on this, excuse me, on why writing really does work in these situations. Um, Otherwise, this podcast would be two hours long. Now, the funny thing was, not funny, but the interesting thing was I'm on a lot of coaching calls, being in the Life Coach School certification program. So I watch a lot of videos and I'm involved with a lot of, you know, coaching calls and stuff. And it's really fascinating because the founder of the Life Coach School, Brooke Castillo, she was coaching someone the other day. And it seemed like there was this theme of like, yeah, but how do I do it? I mean, it doesn't matter what the thing was. 
how do I get motivated? How do I, you know, it was how, yeah, but how? That was kind of the theme. It was a yeah, but how? And I kind of expected her to get upset or get exasperated at all of these, yeah, but how? Yeah, but that's easy for you to say you're who you are. And what she said really stuck with me. And I'll probably say it 50 more times. She finally said, look, it's like you're asking me how to stand up when you're sitting down. I'm giving you the tools. You just have to do it. You just have to stand up. So, I mean, that happens to me a lot. You know, people are always asking me for advice that they're never, ever going to take. And I used to get really frustrated. And then I listened to that. So once again, I'll repeat that. Look, it's like when you're asking me how to stand, you're asking me how to stand up when you're sitting down. Are you constantly, here's another one. This is where I would get in trouble. Um, Are you constantly or consistently volunteering to help someone when A, they're not helping themselves or B, when you have your own work to do? Yes, there's a time to help and be there, but notice when you're showing up and how you're showing up around people. Okay, I just did this last week. Someone needed some social media help on like how to schedule something. And I was just like, not even thinking about like, I'll show you how to do it. I'm like, no. I mean, luckily, she figured it out. But I had to catch myself. I'm like, why did I say that? But it's just a self awareness. So yeah, I still do it. But I'm actually catching myself a lot quicker these days. Now I do have some turnaround statements. Now you know how I feel about about groups that offer, you know, a a commiserating energy and not a um, taking responsibility energy. Um, So this group is dedicated to empaths. And there just seemed to be in this one thread, there were other threads, but this one thread, the world is against me, and I can't do anything about it theme. And so what I typically do is I chime in with solutions every once in a while, not a lot, but enough as kind of an experiment, experiment. Um, and I'll chime in with advice, but it doesn't really seem to go over too well because I'm like, not, I guess because I'm not commiserating. I'm like, actually, here's how to do it. <laughs> you know, Maybe it sounds a little bossy and I can be a little bossy sometimes. So I have a few questions that I saw in these groups or statements, and I wanted to challenge myself because I'm in this coaching thing now, challenge myself to see if I could turn these statements around. So the first question or first statement was, you know, it's just a battle to stay balanced every day. I was like, oh, okay, well, I want you to look or think about that action statement, a battle. It's a battle to stay balanced every day. Where does that sentence, it's a battle, settle into your body when you tell yourself that? Or it's a chore. It probably brings up a little bit of anxiety or dread, or it feels heavy. It feels like this slow energy. And maybe you're already tired just thinking about going to battle every day just to stay balanced. What's your result from that going to be? Yeah, no, me too. You're going to have all these people jumping on the complain train. And your result would probably or most likely be given up before you even start because it's already, 
exhausting just thinking that way. And the energy is low and heavy. Now, my challenge to myself was like, okay, how am I going to turn this one around? Well, I could say something like, it's my responsibility to stay balanced every day. And really what I just did with my body, you can't see me, but I actually stood up or sat up a little bit taller in my chair here. And it takes on a whole new meaning. It's my responsibility. The end, (laughs) right? Or you have a beautiful job to give yourself the best life that you can on any given day. That's your responsibility. How does that feel versus it's a battle? Now, there's just such a different energy to that sentence. It's my responsibility. And then you can ask yourself, well, how am I going to show up? I will tell you from what I'm learning, the brain loves to solve problems. I can find evidence of this every single day. If you ask yourself questions, you're going to get answers. And you ask yourself better questions, you're going to get better answers. So with this, I it's my responsibility to stay balanced every day. You're going to show up a bit more confident, a bit more determined. You might start creating a few more healthy habits for yourself. You might even look at situations in your life as a blessing and not a curse, or it's happening for me, not to me. There's all kinds of things that you can turn around. You can turn around these negative thoughts. And so my new rule, and I heard this from a woman named Corinne Crabtree, and she's one of the coaches at the Life Coach School. She also has a podcast. She's a weight loss coach. And I loved what she was coaching someone in our business group or something. And someone was really just like, I just can't get out of this negative thought loop. And she said, well, from here on out, starting today, every negative thought gets to hold hands with a positive thought from now on. And I was like, oh, wow. Yeah. So what if we tried that? What if we started doing that? I'm telling you, I've started doing it and it feels so, first of all, it makes me laugh at myself because I'm like, man, we can believe all the stories that we tell ourselves might as well tell a good story. Okay. So another um, statement that came in from one of these groups and I thought, Ooh, how am I going to turn that one around? Well, so this person said in order to hold my boundary, I just stay away from people, become so prickly that no one comes near me. Wow, that sounds like a lot of fun, doesn't it? But I will also tell you I've done that. (laughs) But hearing it or seeing it, you know, typed out, you're like, oh, that sounds awful. Really? Okay, let's think about that statement. In order to hold my boundary, I just stay away from people and become prickly so that nobody comes near me. Oh, that just sounds sad. Now, what am I going to do with that? I did, I brainstormed a little bit when I was writing all these notes out for this podcast. So I thought, well, I could say something like in order to hold my boundary, I'm going back to responsibility in order to hold my boundary. I can take responsibility for my own energy. Basically I can create my own energy. I can show up with a strong boundary. Well, what would that look like, Rachel? Right? Well, I could plan ahead of time. How am I going to show up so that I don't feel like my boundary is violated? Well, I could practice saying a loving no. I could let people leave a message if I'm busy. I don't have to answer it every single time. Like when my family calls and I'm doing a podcast, if they were to call right now, 
I wouldn't get upset, but I also wouldn't answer my phone because I'm in the middle of doing something. And guess what? They understand. They get it. They get that I work weird hours and sometimes on the weekends and, you know, it's totally fine. I think the challenge for me was when I challenged myself to wait one hour before texting someone back. I used to be like the instant responder, like an instant message. (laughs) It's not necessary, especially if I'm working on my work and I have ADHD inattentive type. So I get really distracted and then hyper-focused on the next task. So I learned some lessons along the way. And so I'm protecting my energy in that way. So remember, the brain loves to solve problems. That was like this new thing that I just figured out. And it's a lot of fun. And I'm going to talk about that in another episode as I move along here. Um, Now I have a multiple choice for you. This is the third one. And this wasn't from one of the groups. This was just something that kind of has come up over and over with some of the people that have questions. So just say a friend or family member calls only when they're in a crisis or only when there's a problem. Okay, there's people like that in our lives or maybe in the past. Now you, you are the one who's always there to give good advice. Now this is a multiple choice and I just want you to think about this. Would you pick up the phone every single time, no matter what? No matter what you've got going on in your life, listen and get get exhausted and then commiserate and then jump in the river of misery, go for a nice little swim and then complain and then repeat it over and over. That's one. Number two is, would you let them know you have X amount of minutes to talk and actually set a timer behind the scenes? I've done that. It works, by the way. Or number three, let them know that you can only talk about the problem one time. Then they'll have to come up with a solution. Then the conversation is off the table and you need to move on to a different topic because you're not responsible for them. And this could be the person that they're always calling for advice that they're never going to take. But you don't have to change anything right now. You don't have to change everything. You don't have to change anything. You just need to be more aware of like, hey, what is my part in this dance that we're doing? I have one last thing. And this was so interesting, because it really gave me something to think about. And once again, this is going to be a different podcast in the future. So I am working with a client. So she had a lot going on. So I had her visualize her life so many months from now, where the issues were dissolving or settling in or they were completely resolved. So we worked on some boundary issues for a long time and we had come so far. She had, she did the work. I was just like the, the tour guide. (laughs) Her answers surprised me when I asked her what was her life like now that she, in the future, (laughs) her future self. And she said, Well, at first I was happy, my future self. Okay. So first I was happy. And then I immediately worried that I wouldn't have anything to worry about. I was like, hmm. She said, I, I, I just feel that something was wrong because there was nothing to worry about. I think I'm addicted to worry. Is that possible? And I said, well, of course it's possible. 
because you've been in the cycle of worrying about other people and people bringing these problems to you and kind of dumping them out on you, dumping them out on your front porch. But it was really, really fascinating because I think we do like, hey, if we didn't have anything to worry about, then we're like looking around like, is something wrong? I mean, it's an interesting place to be in your head. So I want you to just, again, become self-aware of, are you becoming or have you been addicted to your own worries? Okay, I'm going to leave you with that. Once again, I would love to invite you to join my Facebook group. It's a private group. And that is where I do a weekly live coaching. And if you are not on Facebook, not to worry, you don't have to sign up for Facebook. If you're not a Facebooker, I get it. I have a once a month workshop for empaths. And we do some one-on-one coaching and I teach you some skills. I'm going to give you some tools on how to cope, how to step into your own power and become an empowered empath. If you're ready to start thriving as an empath, I'd love to invite you to work with me one-on-one. Go to my website, rachelkhudson.com and click the tab that says work with me and we can schedule a free consultation. Well, I hope you have a wonderful day and a wonderful week. Be kind to yourself. Say nice things to yourself and be kind to others. 